Grape stomping sounds pretty self-explanatory. What probably comes to mind is families making their own wine in some Italian villa some long time ago. Or that viral video of the TV reporter who takes a tumble. The internet has since called her the grape stomp lady. But think about it a little more, and there are probably some key questions you have. Who would drink that wine? Does anyone still do this? Last year, I took part in the sixth annual Grape Stomp at the Allentown Fair, pitting a media team against a team of public officials. My team lost. But I've been invited back. So here's a look at the history of grape stomping, an episode I produced last year. Catch me this Sunday, September 1st, at the Centennial Stage in Ag Hall at 3.15 p.m. This is the Morning Call Podcast. I'm Kayla Dwyer. Now I can say that I have at least one thing in common with Lucille Ball. Probably against our better judgment, we've both taken part in a tradition that has almost no utility for actual modern winemaking and persists mainly in the hoopla of harvest festivals. We stomped grapes. If you've seen that iconic episode of I Love Lucy, you might get the gist. But after aggressively competing in the sixth annual Grape Stomp at the Allentown Fair this year, I have some critiques of Lucy's style. But I also have some questions. Why grape stomp with feet at all when wine presses have been around for thousands of years? Is it sanitary? Are there any wineries that still do it and then sell that wine? Those answers and more this week on Valley View. I'm Kayla Dwyer. Valley View is sponsored by the Lehigh Center for Clinical Research, conducting research of potential new treatment for migraines, memory loss, social anxiety, and depression. Call 610-820-0342 or visit lehighcenter.com for current studies. That's over here on Centennial Stage at 315. We've got the movers and shakers team against the media team. I know media won last year and they're looking to win again. So if you are in the building and want to see a celebrity grape stomp, stop on over to Centennial Stage in the next 10 minutes and enjoy your afternoon today at the great Allentown Fair. This is mostly how grape stomping lives today, in the form of competitions and cultural displays at harvest time festivals. Hands in. Hands in. Grape stomp on three. One, two, three. Grape stomp. You know, I mean, in Italy we have a lot of kind of festival, you know, during harvest. You know, like every town um, have this little, you know, celebration of harvest and the festival. And, you know, there is always in the main square, you know, there is always a little people there stomping the grapes just for fun, I guess. Michaela Centenari is an assistant professor of viticulture at Penn State, meaning she studies the cultivation of grapes and grapevines that get made into wine. She remembers a time when it was fairly common to actually taste the fruits of your labor. So when I was a child, you know, uh, my grandparents had a house in the countryside and, uh, you know, I remember my grandmother and the neighbors 
stomping the grapes because they were making wine at home. Uh, when I was in school, I think first grade, you know, and you learn about harvesting the grapes because it's really, you know, part of our culture and the winemaking. So I remember, like, um, grandparents of uh, some of our, um, you know, some of the students came to school, you know, and they show us how that is done. And, you know, you can try and, you know, stamp on the grapes. So I have these fun memories for, from a long, long time ago. And um, I haven't seen that done in a long time. Yep. Maybe should, I should come to, to Ellenstown. The tradition, of course, dates back thousands of years. And that should come as no surprise. After all, wine is mentioned in just about every religious text and in some of the oldest canonical literature. But other winemaking methods have also existed for thousands of years. Deep in a cave in Armenia, a very mountainous region that basically straddles Europe and Asia, there's an extremely dry grapevine that archaeologists carbon dated back to about 4000 BC. Translation? This is evidence of the world's oldest wine yet discovered, and the world's oldest winery. There certainly weren't grape-stomping festivals held in this cave. The archaeologists believe this facility brewed wine for funerals and other somber ceremonies for the cemetery nearby. But the point is, the wine press has existed for at least 6,000 years. Now, evidence of wine drinking has been found from even earlier periods around the Mediterranean, as far back as 7,000 BC. So it stands to reason that if we're right about when the first wine press was used, there was certainly a period of time where the human foot was necessary. There are ancient Egyptian works of art depicting this very thing, people holding onto ropes or bars above them as they tread grapes in a low and wide stone vat. But if for most of winemaking history, we've had arguably more efficient methods, why did grape stomping live on? Some have claimed too that they get a gentler extraction of those, uh, the colors and especially the phenolic compounds that are present in wine, that especially in reds, will give it that astringency and bitterness. That's Molly Kelly, an enologist at the Penn State Extension, meaning she studies actual wine making. If you had a gentler uh, punch-down method or processing method, such as stomping the fruit itself, or once the fermentation starts and you're, you're stomping down that cap that rises, it could be a much gentler um, process for that. And mm. you wouldn't get that, that harsh extraction, you know, breaking up of the seeds, possibly, where you could be releasing those bitter and um, unfavorable phenolic compounds. Basically, the human foot is much more sensitive and gentle and able to feel the cold spots, what needs more kneading. You get the idea. But the literature is inconsistent on just how widespread the practice actually was. I mean, also, we'll take a lot of people. You know, I mean, when you have a few tons of grapes coming in one day <laughs> and you need to process them, you know, in a few hours, it will take so many people. <laughs> it truly isn't the most efficient method. Oh, I, I can tell you that my husband and Glenn Michael put all the grapes in there and we took away all the stems so you wouldn't hurt your pussy. Uh, uh, I see a step. I see a step. We took away most of the stems. Don't be the same. This is the ounce out there. What do you expect? They're all the grapes. Too hot. Those look great. The bottom of these vats can be very slippery, so you have to hold on to something, whether it's ropes above you, like the Egyptians did, or simply the sides of the barrel, like we did at the Allentown Fair, which makes the cardio workout that much more intense. 
so I can't imagine being able to dance around like Lucy did. Though others with more experience in this particular competition did have more fun with it. That's the audience reaction to Mike Kelly from B104 getting a little wild, aggressively jumping from one leg to the other while spinning himself in circles, lips pursed in a priceless expression of concentration. The competition was heated between my team, the media team, and the movers and shakers, which consisted of Lehigh County officials and community leaders. There's a lot of smack talking going on. Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, they just want to give up now, so they, they want out that humiliation at the end. We have our ace that we've been holding up. I thought all the hot air was outside. But the juice we drained into jugs, in addition to the juice that splatted onto the stage, will not be made into actual wine. This I confirmed with the local wineries represented at the competition. But that leads me to my next question. What if we did go through with fermentation? Could we safely drink that? Because of the acidity of uh, wine and also the alcohol that's being produced throughout fermentation, you know, it's, it's pretty sanitary. You know, you don't, um, wine does not support any known human pathogens. And so, you know, it, it might seem unsanitary, but there's really, you know, not much to worry about. <laughs> Despite some online rumors that the practice is outlawed in the United States for the purpose of commercial winemaking and selling, I've not found any actual laws in the books that would indicate it's illegal. Neither has Molly. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, where they don't recommend it, they don't say you can't do it, but they cite um, current good manufacturing practices regulations that require that anything that comes in, in direct contact with the food product is hygienic. And in fact, there are wineries in the U.S. who do it and sell it. In California, Left Bend Winery in the Santa Cruz Mountains has defended the practice since 2011. In Brooklyn, Red Hook Winery produces a couple bottles from grape stomping, too. And of course, there's a whole tourism industry around grape stomping for the fun of it, largely based in California and Texas. As for our fun at the Allentown Fair... It ended in a win for the movers and shakers, whose jug of juice looked a good two inches more full than ours. And I happily ended my evening with a glass of non-grape-stomped wine. Valley View is a production of The Morning Call in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Find us and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. I'm your host, Kayla Dwyer. See you next week.